You want to make your fantasy sports league more than a fantasy? Then you need Trophy Smack. It's the number one store for fantasy and tournament trophies, belts, draft boards, loser awards, and other ridiculous products. Trophy Smack is more than just a trophy company with outstanding customer service and products. It's the very essence and heart of every fantasy league. And if you click now, trophysmack.com gives you free shipping, a free loser poster, and can have the hardware to you in a few days. Bragging rights included. Go to trophysmack.com right now and take your fantasy league to the next level. Welcome to the Red Shirts Dynasty Podcast, a ball blast football production. Here are your hosts, Matthew Betts, Matt Okada, and John Helmkamp. Well, there is no Matthew Betts, but there is a Matt Okada and a John Helmkamp. Oh boy. This guy. Oh yeah! Oh yeah! Oh yeah! Oh yeah! Um, it is a wonderful Tuesday evening when we are recording this. Evening is an understatement. Uh, you will be Wednesday listening to morning it on Wednesday when we're done. Yes. it'll be Wednesday morning when we are done. This is a, this podcast will be releasing <laughs> on the day it is, is finished recording, which is pretty rare. Yes, it is a peek oh. behind the curtain for the Red Shirts Dynasty podcast, a ball blast football production. By the way, um. Our, our schedules are getting crazy right now because I just got back to the NFL. Uh, Betts is starting up his recordings for the Fantasy Footballers DFS show, which you guys should all check out. And so it's been all over the place. So currently it is 11.38 p.m. Pacific time and John and mm-hmm. I are starting recording because I just got off work uh, because hashtag NFL research. Yeah, Betts has been asleep for like five hours Easy at this point. Yep. Like minimum. Um, it's yeah. And and listen, I, I owe it to the listeners for full disclosure. This is my fault <laughs> because we had agreed that the three of us were going to record bright and early this morning at like seven o'clock Pacific for Okada and I. I 100% missed my alarm. <laughs> Didn't hear it at all. Uh-huh. Not sure what happened. Woke up in a panic. I thought I was only like 10 minutes late, but it was really 45 minutes late. And they're like, I hate this guy. Um, <laughs> they didn't They didn't text me for like three hours um, <laughs> because they were probably so mad. So uh, in, instead of the two of them doing it, we thought it might be able to get all three of us tonight. And then Betts is like, I got to go to bed. So it's my fault that Betts isn't here. And I'm sorry. That's, yes. That is on me. Betsy we, Boo, we love you. I'm sorry. Yes, we miss you. I'm sure our listeners miss you, and we'll all give John what for for making us, us miss you. But the good news is, I mean, listen, John, an 11.40 now p.m. podcast with the two of us, no Grandpa bets. Is oh, there yeah. really anything better for the listeners than No, it's than off that? the wheels. It is, it is all wheels up for the next <laughs> However long it takes, I don't know. Here's the thing, listeners. Uh, Because Betts isn't here, and we're not going to do some structured thing where we talk, you know, the top 10 fantasy uh, breakouts of 2020. No, we're just going to talk about football. We are going to take a look at 2020 and say what is going to happen and make all of our predictions. Some of them might be stupid. Some of them might be bold. We will talk division winners. We will talk our Super Bowl picks, some awards. It's going to get cray cray. Uh, 
I mean, pretty much let's get into it after two quick things. One, check us out on social media, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, at RetrosFFPod, and Patreon, uh, patreon.com slash ballblast to get in the ballblast Patreon, which is absolutely popping right now, even more than usual, which is saying something. And number two, some news. I got great news, guys. Oh, oh, got news. Alrighty, just a couple wee bits of news to do with some running backs, actually. Uh, Adrian Peterson, in what I would say is a surprise move, unless you want to tell me otherwise, John. No, I was shocked. Cut by the Washington yep. football team and almost immediately signed by the Detroit Lions. His old buddy Darren Bevel. Yeah, so the uh, the Washington football team's roster depth chart went from Geis, Peterson, and whatever order you want to say, and then a couple other guys, to both those top two guys are out, and now we're down to some combination of probably Antonio Gibson and Bryce Love. J.D. McKissick? Yeah, J.D. is some like, passing down work, I guess. Uh-huh. This is going to be uh-huh. really interesting. So, all right, well, we have to hit on both. For Washington... Yeah. What's your fallout here? What are you expecting? Because clearly one, if not both of these uh, young players, I won't call Bryce Love a rookie because he technically was here he was in the NFL last year. basically a red shirt. Ha-ha, yes. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Where, um, uh, where are you looking in this backfield? So what, there's, there's two schools of thought here. There's the Twitter hype going out of control on Antonio Gibson, um, which to me is a long shot. The, the guy's crazy athletic, super explosive. Um, basically the same size and speed as Jonathan Taylor. Like he's, he's got those same measurables worked out with the wide receivers at the combine instead of the running backs mm. because he played mostly wide receiver in college, but he gets drafted and they're like, you're a running back now, but he's more of like an offensive weapon air quotes. Um, so for me, he's super athletic but we've never seen a primarily wide receiver in college be converted to a successful full-time running back that's usable for fantasy purposes. We just haven't seen it. So I- I'm I'm willing to be out and him be an outlier and prove me wrong. Like I just I'm not buying into the the profile of him coming in with 33 career carries, which you've heard a million times if you've listened to us or been on Twitter or anyone else. It's a stat that everyone brings up, but it matters. He got like half of his career college carries in one game against, I think it was uh, Cincinnati. So I'm, I'm not going to go there. I'm going to go with the guy that's more of a prototypical running back. That was an elite college running back before getting hurt. I'm, I'm willing to take a late dart on Bryce love thinking that he has a pretty good chance at maybe carving out a good, early down carry role. He, he, you know, I think he's got a good chance of being the goal line guy. I'm willing to go that route more than the kind of you're gambling on just nothing but upside, but there's a possibility that it's all floor as well. So I, I think I'd rather go Bryce Love. Yeah. I mean, if you've looked, if you guys listen to this uh, podcast at all, which I assume you have, because you're listening to it right now, you know that I've been getting on the Bryce Love train ever since Darius Geis uh, lost his job completely. Um, yes. That's a very polite way to say that. Yes. Threw his yeah. job in the trash is what he did. Yes. Um, 
And I'm still I'm still on it, guys. Listen, there was some weird chatter that Bryce Love was on the roster bubble. Apparently not. Apparently the future Hall of Famer that led yeah. the team in rushing last year was the one on the roster bubble. So clearly that wasn't the case. I'm going to, like you said, trust the guy who was a absolute bell cow Heisman runner-up running back over the gadget player. Is, he's Cordero. He's Cordero Patterson. He is. You like, know that's that's what he is. Uh, and, and people and are going to be hyped these, on him for the next like five years, and I'm yes. never going to buy in, not once. And most of these gadget guys have ended up if if they ever do anything for the NFL, it's or and for fantasy, it's as a wide receiver. Like you think of the Percy Harvins, the yeah. Tyree Kills, even. There are these guys that kind of game. Mm -hmm. There are these guys that kind of came in as gadget guys, and then I end up ended up finding success as receivers. But like you said, they never find success as running backs. It takes a lot to be a feature running back and to you know hold up to that workload at an NFL level. And a guy who had thirty three carries in college is not going to do it for me until proven otherwise. So I'm fully there with you. Uh, I don't know how bought in I have to be on Bryce Love right now. You guys know that I've been saying trade a second for him and did it myself in several leagues. Would you do that in Dynasty now with this news? <sighs> it's still tough for me. Maybe. Like, it's still really tough. Um, okay. I, I don't I don't know. I, I don't know that I'm going out and actively buying. Like, I, I, don't, I don't think that I am. And the person that has him is probably going to be in wait-and-see mode unless you get a mid to early yeah. second for him. So That's probably true. It's it's probably not a trade that I'm going to get done. Um, I think I've got two shares of him, I think. And I'll be like, okay, see what happens. Yeah, that's fair. Um, on the Detroit side of the ball... Yeah. Uh, it's not great for DeAndre Swift, but do you not see this really ball. impacting his dynasty value long-term? Or is this a half a year sort of rental thing and you're not concerned? Um, I'm not concerned for long term. It's Adrian Peterson. I think that any contract he's going to get from here to the end of his career are going to be one year deals. Um, I think that they went out and they added a veteran presence that knows Darren Bevel uh, from their time together previously, knows the system, already knows the language, um, who was surprisingly cut and they're like, Oh, we don't even have to trade for him? Oh, okay, sure. Yeah. Let's just bring him in. Um, because Swift is battling some injuries and with the shortened offseason and no preseason games, like Swift is going to take a little bit of time to get acclimated to the NFL. So you bring in this veteran. I don't even know what the numbers are for, for what they're giving him, but probably dirt cheap. It was on dirt one, cheap. I on a one-year deal. Yeah. So I, I'm not concerned long-term, but... People are, are starting to get like way over hyper about rookies producing right away. And you need to slow down. Like it, it, it doesn't always happen that a rookie takes off right away week one or the first half of rookie season. DeAndre Swift might not really be all that fantasy viable for this season. It, it Like Adrian Peterson might be the guy that gets most of the early down work with Swift and on Johnson kind of sprinkling in in the passing game. That's okay. It's dynasty. Slow down. He's uber talented. Give him a year to adjust to the NFL and, and kind of get over whatever injuries are, are nagging him right now and and just just ride it out. Don't panic. Don't sell. Just, just hold. Just keep your DeAndre Swift. Maybe go try to buy him cheap if there's an owner that's panicking in your league. 
Yeah, I honestly see this closer to Carlos Hyde going to the Seahawks than to a, this guy's going to come and be the RB1 for this team. Like, it's <laughs> a, we have injury concerns, we need a depth veteran, and we know this guy can get us six to 700 yards if everybody else is hurt. I think that's kind of what it is. So, all right, moving on. Quickly, let's hit on these guys. Damien Harris. Interesting Socks. situation because, yeah, the uh, the <laughs> Patriots running back core is very interesting, at least from a rusher perspective. We know <laughs> you about You want to know who the goal line back is in New England? Yeah, it's a quarter. It's, it's Cam Newton. The quarter that's, back. That's um, who their goal line back is. Then now, for the, for clarity, this is a new sort of short-term IR. It's three games uh, minimum, which means he may not miss much, but he will miss at least three games. It's not it's not great. It's not great, Bob. Not great, Not great Bob. for Damian Harris. It doesn't really mean much for Sony Michelle. It might mean something for a certain other player, but I don't want to get too far into that because I'm talking about them later on this podcast. Spoiler later. alert. But also, to your point, Cam Newton might get a couple extra goal line touchdowns he wouldn't have gotten. So I don't think the fallout's huge, except for Damian Harris is maybe less of a sleeper than you would like. Yeah, which sucks because I was in on that. Like I, I've Agree. been kind of, I've I've been very much targeting Damian Harris. I drafted him in a lot of places, um, doing dynasty startups this offseason, taking him super late, like sixteenth round. Um, was really thinking he had a chance to pop. So I'm just kind of like, man, like. Why can't we have nice things? It's yeah. uh, It sucks. Hopefully, he'll get an opportunity at some point this season. Really liked him coming out of uh, college. Last quick hitter, Daryl Henderson. The Rams are optimistic that he will be ready for week one. Gross. Uh, has missed a lot of camp. Yeah. we There was a tweet that came out that said that the... Or I guess it was just McVay quote that said that they were going with Malcolm Brown as their starter in week one. Ugh. basically just means they're naming the veteran as the starter and then they'll see what happens with Cam Akers, obviously the rookie, Daryl Henderson getting healthy. It's week eight of the uh, NFL season. What is the breakdown for the Rams at running back in carries? Um, Cam Akers is going to be the majority back by week eight. Um, I'll give Vast him... majority? 15 carries? 65%. 15 carries. 15 carries. Yeah. 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 Okay. I'll give him like 15 with Deho getting uh, like eight. Um, okay. Something along those lines. But um, yeah, I think by the second half of the season, Cam Akers is, is, uh, is going to pop. Yeah. I think that's pretty realistic. Um, I if, if you can get Cam Akers at a cheap price because of the Malcolm Brown news, which isn't news in case you didn't know. And the Daryl Henderson optimism, feel free to do it. I doubt it's going to happen because people just picked him in their rookie drafts. But I am a K-Makers fan. So, all right. That's it for the news. All this lame injury and release news. Let's get into something more fun and exciting. We are going to predict the 2020 season. Uh, Pretty much all the major predictions required, including a fantasy bullet prediction each. And one for bets that we have. You're welcome, bets. Uh, but probably at the end of the show, let's start with division winners. So we're going to lock in the vast majority of our playoff picture. Last year, we saw some surprise winners. We will probably mm-hmm. see some this year. So some of these predictions are about to be wrong. No question. Yep. But, le- but let's hit them. So we will start with the AFC East, reigning sure. division champion, New England Patriots. 
they are potentially missing one or two important players from that roster. One, one or two. Uh, Eleven. Namely, the greatest quarterback <laughs> of all time and half their defense. <laughs> half your defense. Um, all your linebackers. You don't yeah. have any. Yeah, it's They're a hot mess. Safeties at linebacker. Do you believe in the Buffalo Bills or some other team to finally unseat the Patriots for the first time in like over a decade? It is very difficult to bet against Bill Belichick. Period. End of story. It's very, very tough. Indeed. Before all the COVID opt-outs, I was of the mindset where I'm like, I'm never going to bet against the Patriots until Bill Belichick proves me wrong. It's kind of like I'm never going to be early on selling Julio Jones. Mm -hmm. It's Mm -hmm. like the same thought process. But so many key players have either left town or holding out. I'm going to take the Buffalo Bills to win this division this year. I think that there's just so many holes in the defense now. So many unproven players there asking to come in. A brand new quarterback. It sounds like they're installing like almost – an entirely new offense built around Cam's skill I would set. expect so. Like, it's, it's, it's a lot. It's a lot to overcome. Could they do it? Absolutely. I'm not saying, like, this is a, like, smash lock. Patriots aren't making the playoff. Like, I'm, I'm not doing that. But I think that the Bills, with the continuity, with the defense, the young studs they got on that side of the ball, they've added weaponry with adding Stephon Diggs. I'm going to take the Bills. I think the Bills finally get it done. Yeah. I mean, listen – there's no question that as much as the Patriots have lost, almost, the Bills have gained, um, which makes it hard here. However, to your original point, you open with it. It's hard to bet against Bill Belichick. I'm not going to do it. There's no way. And is it just because I'm a, I'm a Patriots fan? Probably. But also probably. probably not. They're still technically favored to win the division, just not by as much as they normally would be. The main thing that I'm excited about is it seems like Belichick and the team are confident in Cam Newton, named him a captain. Edelman is showing, you know, support and love for him like he did for Brady. That gives me a little bit of faith that Cam can be at least solid, if not 2015 MVP level Cam, at least solid. So I'm going to take the Patriots. Surprise, surprise. Shocker. Um, Yes. Uh, Now... We are going to hit on a surprise team each um, throughout this podcast, John. Do you know yours? And if so, do you want to save it for the division they're in or for the end? Or how do you want to do that? Because mine may or may not be in this division and we can hit on them now. I think that we have the same team here um, and it's where I was going to go. Really? Yeah. Is it the Miami Dolphins? Oh! Super surprised by what they've done this offseason. Okay. Ton of great acquisitions on defense. Um, they have one of those opportunities to potentially go from worst to making the playoffs. Like, they could sneak in as a wildcard team, absolutely. Yeah. Um, well, this is this goes to show why we normally claim things on the show, Doc. However, I like how this has worked out because it just makes yeah. it the official red shirts pick. For breakout go. team of 2020, the Miami Dolphins. Listen, I'm feeling this, man. They have got. I'm calling two, this right now. Wildcard team, right there, Miami Dolphins. Could, yeah, they could be. They have two great corners in Xavier Howard and Byron Jones. Now that they added, that's it. That's a they nice have, duo. It is. The, that's a might really be one of the nice best duo. in the league, to be honest. Yeah. Um, 
They have got Brian Flores, a young up-and-coming former Patriots assistant coach who I think is going to put this team on the right track. They have got, listen, the running back situation is not great, but they've got some nice pass-catching weapons that are young also. Devontae Parker finally broke out. Preston Williams. Preston Williams. Here's here's a fun here's a fun stat that I came across, John. It's actually one of the reasons that I that I picked the Dolphins for this. Uh, Brian Flores went five and eleven in his first season as head coach. Bill Belichick went five and eleven in his first season as a Patriots head coach. The oh, next really? year, he won the Super Bowl with a first yep. year starter named Tom Brady. If Tua takes this job early, which could happen after a week two five interception game from Ryan Fitzpatrick. I think we could see a really surprising team in Miami, a la the 49ers going from 4-12 and to the Super Bowl. Maybe not quite that great, but I think we could see a winning record for this team and be really surprised. Yeah, I'm with it. I, I love what they did on defense. They spent so much money on that side of the ball. Um, ton of great acquisitions on, on that side. We love Tua. Tua was our rookie quarterback one. Um I, I think that the running back position there is sneaky as well. I, I was just going to say. Jordan Howard is no schlep, okay? No, this is, he is a, as far as just pure runners go, he's been one of the most productive running backs in the league for the yeah. last few years. And then Matt Breida is a super efficient guy who can bring pass catching work. Yeah, it's actually it's, kind of maybe a sneaky good duo. It really is. It is a very sneaky good duo. I think that Jordan Howard is like a locked in running back too. I don't see how that doesn't happen. I think that he could easily get you a thousand yards and eight touchdowns. Like I, I absolutely think that Jordan Howard has that in him this year. Do you remember how good he was in Philly last year before he got hurt? Yes, he was. He was quite nice. He was a waiver pickup in most redraft leagues that you're plugging in at your running back too. Like every single week, that's what he's going to be. You might feel gross about it. You might not like it, but he's going to produce. Yeah, this is um this is a sneaky team, and I and I really like Brian Flores for the culture. I, I think that he's setting a good tone down there. Um, it's gonna be fun. Well, uh, probably if Bets were here, he would have talked some sense into us, and we wouldn't be saying something this crazy. But since he's not, screw you, Bets. You heard it here You're first. Sleeping. Dolphins eleven and five wildcard team. Hold on, I'm just gonna uh, text him right now and be like, hey, just let you know. Yes. The uh, <laughs> the official wildcard team of red shirts is good morning, Bets. All right, let us move on to another division because we spent about seven times too long in the AFC East. We will try to breeze through these other divisions. AFC North, Ravens are the reigning champions, obviously disappointed in the playoffs. Who wins it? You know what? I'm going to go first because this is a big one for me. I think not only do the Steelers win it, but they win it with confidence. Coming back hardcore after missing Roethlisberger all last year, they have arguably one of the best defenses in the league. And with Roethlisberger and James Conner healthy until further notice, and J- Juju and Deontay Johnson on the outside, this is actually an extremely talented team on both sides of the ball. Division winners. Yeah, I'm totally going uh, Chandler from Friends right now, going like this. <laughs> you and me seeing the same thing. I, I agree. Their defense is completely elite. Adding Mika Fitzpatrick was ridiculous. One of the them. best moves ever. One of the best. Insane. It was incredible. What he did to that defense was insane. It seemed like every time I looked up, he was intercepting the ball last year. Um, if, yeah. If you need any clues, by the way, as to how they're going to be this good, they went eight and eight last yeah, year that's with what I was that dude quarterback the fact, situation. The fact that they went five hundred with Duck <laughs> Hodgins under center. <laughs> yep. I, I have no idea. I mean, 
Yep, yep, this yep. team, you bring big. Now, remember, they were super hyped going into last offseason as well. Everyone is picking them to win the division. It's not far fetched to think, well, why can't they do it this year? Their defense got better than it was mm. before last year because now you add in Micah Fitzpatrick, you add in the continued growth on that defensive line in the pass rush. Um, and Big Ben comes back, and and it sounds like the work that he had done on his elbow not just took care of how he got hurt last year, but that his elbow has like been cleaned up from things that have been nagging him for years. And they're saying that his arm feels better than like the last mm. decade. So he's always been I, a play through stuff kind of guy. So yeah, and and yeah, I'm dang it, I didn't want to have the same pick as you. I thought you were going to go chalk and go Ravens there. But Ew. I'm the same way. I think they win this, and I think they win it by, like, two games. Like, yeah. I, I don't think that it's going to be all that particularly close. Yeah, I agree. Uh, the Ravens, listen, the Ravens are probably still making the wild card. No shame to them. They're a great team, but I think the Steelers are going to take it. Yep. And uh, so do you. All right, let's go to the AFC South. Oh, my gosh. What a hot mess this division is. Uh, the one team we could trust to win it every year got rid of their arguably their best player, uh, the Texans, they won it last year. Can they win it without DeAndre Hopkins? Or no. Okay. Are you going to go with the Titans? Are you going to go with Phillip Rivers' Colts? Do you believe in Gardner Minshew? What are you saying here? <laughs> um, I am going to lean Colts. Um, and it's not just... Mm, what, a, what a shock! A it's sure, not just a take. Sure, no, but listen. Not. The trade for DeForest Buckner is a really, Ooh. really nice move. Well, very um, nice. They sent their first round pick for DeForest Buckner. They still came back and added Jonathan Taylor and then Michael Pittman Jr. Like that's how their first three picks turned into in draft season. That's that's fantastic. Great, great yeah. acquisitions. Um, Philip Rivers, I think, is exactly what this offense needs, which is going to be very efficient. They're going to run the ball. They're going to ask him to kind of run almost like a Drew Brees offense, like facilitate short intermediate get the ball out to playmakers um paris campbell in the slot i think is a big breakout candidate um ty hilton if he can stay healthy brings a lot to that team obviously don't have a lot of confidence in that but he could be nice for the first like four to six weeks until he starts slowing down um but the defense is very very stout adding to forrest buckner where you already have uh leonard there at linebacker um I think that they're improved, and now I don't think that they could win every division in the NFL, but I think that they can win the AFC South. Yeah, <laughs> I think that oh, a nine a nine win record might win this division. Yeah. So I think that they've got a good chance. I think it's them and the Titans um, that mm -hmm. are going to be right there, and I think it's going to be close. But I'm going to go with the Colts because I think they're going to look very similar to the Titans. They want to play defense and run the ball, and yes. it's it's old school smash mouth football. Both those teams are going to do it. It's going to be great. Yeah, um, this one is one of the closest ones for me, not surprisingly, um, but I'm going to go with the Titans. There is one main reason, uh, it was almost a tiebreaker, really. <laughs> Derrick Henry in December? <laughs> well, there is that, yes. Uh, but these teams are very close. I think, like you said, the Colts defense is going to be really, really good, and their offense is going to be fine. I think the Titans offense yeah. can be really, really good, and their defense is going to be fine. And then they added Jadavian Clowney. Yeah, that is a big it move. Big. I think that is the tiebreaker for me that puts the Titans over the Colts. 
I think that defense can now be very solid. Clowney is a very well-rounded defensive player on that line. So He's going to help Buckner. cross the border. He is. He is for sure. Um, but I, I'm going to trust the Tannehill that went 7-3 and three last year as a starter and the Derrick Henry, who I know is what Jonathan Taylor can be already, right. and the A.J. Brown that I trust over any receiver on the Colts. So I, see that. Uh, I may have a fantasy bias here, but <laughs> I'm taking the Titans. I think this will be close. It might be all three of them, honestly, right there, like last couple games of the season. Texans, we didn't even mention them, but they still have Deshaun Watson. They're run by Bill O'Brien, so it's hard to give them any credence, but it could be close between all three teams. I'm going to take the Titans by a hair, but it's close. Yep. All right, AFC West. Do we need to spend more than two seconds here? It's Chiefs. Move on. Okay, it's the Chiefs. Uh, We're literally just going to move on. Yeah, everyone else is crap. Yeah. Sorry if you're a fan of anyone else in that division. Uh, I will say the Chargers could be the sneaky other Dolphins if be. if Justin Herbert ends up being the quarterback and is very good, but I think that's much less likely than Tua being good. Um, losing Derwin James sucks. Oh, yeah. That's big. That I forgot about that. Totally. Like, yep. that really sucks for the Chargers. Yeah, they're never going to have a healthy defense because they are the Washington football team of the West. Yes. Yes, they are. Um, all right, that's the AFC. Let's move to the NFC. Let us start with the East, where by some miracle, the Eagles won the division last year at 9-7. and seven. That was silly. They were terrible, especially by the end of the year. Uh, the Cowboys, obviously, looking very much on the rise here. I think it's going to be the Cowboys, no question. Do you disagree? Um... I was probably going to pick the Eagles about a month ago until 17 players got yep. hurt. All um, the offensive line does not exist anymore. Good Lord. Like, this team, the last two years, just stay healthy, man. Like, just sucks. please. It really sucks. But um, the Cowboys are going to have one of the top two offenses in the entire NFL. Yep. Um, as long as their defense can hold opponents to 28 points a game, they'll they'll win. Like it's it's gonna be, yeah. I, I'm I'm gonna take the Cowboys, who should beat up on their own division. Um, and the great thing is because the Eagles won the division last year, that means that the Cowboys get last year's second place teams in mm. the other divisions that they play instead of last year's con. division winners. Yep. So um, yeah, I'm gonna take the Cowboys, who are gonna have an easier schedule than the Eagles and have a better team. So. Also, for the record, the Cowboys would have probably had a first place finish for like eight straight years if it wasn't for Jason Garrett, who was single handedly tanked that team. Yeah. And he's finally gone. So true that. Here it comes, Cowboys. Your playoff front begins now. Um, all right. Easy clap. Let's go to the NFC North. <laughs> NFC North is one that Easy I'm sure clap. will be a little bit more hotly contested <clears throat> around the yeah. water cooler. Yeah, it's probably a two-team race between the Vikings and the Packers, although maybe the Lions could do something with a healthy Stafford. I'm going to say... I'm and gonna... maybe Mitchell Trubisky finally plays good football, <laughs> or Nick Foles takes ah! over and the Bears do something. Psych. But most likely, it's it's between the Packers and the Vikings. I am taking the Packers. Okay. I think that they have everything that they had last year on offense and everything they had last year on defense, more or less. But it's year two under LaFleur, which is almost always better for a team to be a second year in their second year under a head coach. Um, Zadarius and Preston, the Smith bros on that defense, have another year to gel and just wreck, which 
they're going to continue to do. Yeah, and right. we get to see, I believe, an Aaron Rodgers revenge tour after the Jordan Love pick. Oh, my goodness gracious. So I'm taking the Packers. What say you for the NFC North? Um, I'm taking the Packers as well. And I'm sorry that we've disagreed for the last three uh, divisions. But mm. um, I'm taking the Packers as well. Mostly because of everything that you just said. That defensive front is crazy good. Now, granted, so is Minnesota's. They just got Yannick Ngakwe. Um, yes, they did. Which is that very, is very nasty. real. That is that's scary. So yep. part of me, I'm I'm really torn on this however i'm gonna say that i think that aaron Rodgers is going to have his best statistical season in the last like three four years because he's going to be so pissed off that Mm. they brought in his replacement and didn't get him a single wide receiver he's it's going to be a run play he's going to come up to the line he's going to check it to (laughs) Devontae adams like that's going to happen so many times this year um and i think that i'm just going to take Rodgers with the experience factor there over the the other side um but that one is a very very close one as well i really did kind of waver on that um it's tough because the vikings do have dalvin cook but i'm gonna i'm gonna go with the packers there by yeah this is what don't they play do they play the last week of the year hold on let me look at this probably because it's Um, it's one of those two divisional or three divisional opponents um, oh no, they played the also, Bears. Green Bay and the Bears okay. last week. Probably Vikings second to last. Um, somewhere in those last few weeks. Probably. Uh, they do play them in week one, so we'll get to see that out the gate. Also, I feel like everybody is kind of underestimating their champ- their NFC title game run last year. Like I, I think everybody was calling them one of the most uh, overrated teams of the in the entire NFL. They went to the NFC Championship game, and yes, they got smashed by Raheem Mostert and the 49ers ground game and some kind of crazy wackadoodle uh, blow-up. So terrible but... scheduling. They play them week one and week eight. Oh. Okay. okay. Well, weird. so much for that. <clears throat> That'll be wrapped up nice and early. Um, but I don't I don't think it was that. I mean, they, they did that without Aaron Rodgers doing much. Except just not throwing picks. So if Aaron Rodgers does do much, which I think is very possible, I feel like it just elevates this team. So yeah, we agree on the NFC North. It's the Packers. Let's go to the South. Oh, this could be interesting. It is the... It is fantasy gold. It is very possibly the greatest quarterback duo in a single division in NFL history. I haven't looked into this, but Drew Brees and Tom Brady in the same division... Probably the greatest quarterback of all time and the statistically greatest quarterback of all time. Fighting it out for the number one. And hey, the Falcons always manage to stay in there somehow. Uh, The number one spot in this division. What are you going with? You kick it off. Um, He's stroking his beard, listeners, who aren't watching on YouTube. I am. If you're you're not on YouTube, you're doing it wrong. Um... This one is a very, very, very challenging division um, to pick. And you know what? I'm going to take the Buccaneers. I'm going to take Tom Brady. I think that Tampa Bay rises from the ashes uh, with with Tampa Tampa Bay. And... um, if you, listen, if you need a quarterback to win you a game, it's Tom Brady. I don't care about arm strength. I don't care about 
rushing ability. I, I don't care about any of that stuff. His decision-making and the way that he manipulates and understands defensive coverages, he's a savant at the quarterback position. It's what he does. He's a quarterback genius. So if you need someone to win a game, it's that. And they have a sneaky good defense as well. Their pass defense was one of the worst. Their run defense was like the best. The best. Yep. In the entire NFL last year. So yep, if yep, they yep. can just get the pass defense short up, you know what helps defenses get better? Offenses that don't turn the ball over. Because you're you're not you mean putting thirty one picks is not yeah, good for the defense. No, because the defense is constantly on the field, getting tired, put into bad situations. Jameis throwing an interception, and suddenly the other team has the ball at at you're backed up to your twenty five to start already. So I think that the pass defense is going to improve by default just from situational football. So if this defense can improve, which will be helped by having competent quarterback play. Um, man, I, I think that Tampa's got a really good chance to, to do what they sought out to do, which was get Tom Brady in, surround him with pieces, and make a run at this thing. And I think that they've got a good chance to do it. Yeah, this one is a very close division for me. I actually, uh, there's a site, you guys should all check it out. I think it's called playoffpredictor.com where you can go through and pick every game and it ends up showing you like your final standings with the actual NFL tiebreakers. And then you can do the playoffs too and all that. I think I had both these teams in the 12 and four range, maybe 13 and three for the team that I picked as the winner. And that was the saints. I am taking the saints by a tiny, tiny hairs edge. Listen, they have been probably the best team in the NFL over the last three or four years, besides the Patriots and still haven't done anything with it. Because every year in the playoffs, some something stupid happens. And they end up failing and falling short. Whether it was a Stephon Diggs catch, whether it was a Rams PI, whether it was last year's just mess in the wild card round. Uh, they have they just keep falling short in the playoffs, and yet every year in the regular season they have been absolutely dominant. I think this is gonna be really close. I do believe Brady's Bucks do a very good job in the NFL this year and win double-digit games for sure. And I think it might come down to the very end of the season, but I'm going to take the Saints by hair. The the Patriots. That's just Tom Brady's team. What am I supposed to do here? (laughs) The Buccaneers probably still make it as a wild card, but I'm going to take the Saints. The Saints are who I want to win because I would love, other than the Seahawks to win the Super Bowl, I would love nothing more than to see Drew Brees get another one. And then mm. be able to take off. Like, yeah. I, I want that for him. I want him in that club of multi-Super Bowl wins. He deserves it. He needs he does. it. I, I want that for him. Put it all together and then strip the team down. <laughs> like, just yep. get that other trophy. And then Alvin Kamara and Michael Thomas go somewhere else and you blow it all up. All right. Final division, John. It is the NFC West. It is your division. It is the inarguably best division in the entire NFL. Yes, Likely to be the tightest. Going to be extremely difficult to pick a single team out of here. Probably going to be difficult to get out of this division with only two teams. There may be three playoff teams coming out of here. I'll let let you go second because you have a team involved here. Mm -hmm. I am going to take... I'm going to take the Cardinals. Ooh. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Ooh, 
somebody. Yeah, 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 yeah. Listen, I said earlier about the Packers' second year under a head coach. It Fire is the Cardinals' emoji. second year under Cliff Kingsbury. It is Kyler Murray's second year. They have extremely good offensive weapons. They added some defensive pieces. Can we, um, hold up. We didn't even talk in the news. Can we talk about DeAndre Hopkins' bag? Yes. Good Highest Lord. per year contract ever by a non-quarterback. Oh, my goodness. He just said, hello, wide receiver market. Let me introduce you to me. I am DeAndre Hopkins. Good luck to anyone else getting that money, but it's going to boost everyone else's money. That was incredible. Um, yeah. 54.5 mil for two years. Yeah. That, it's, uh, oh, my Lord. It is some money. That is some um, Yeah. And, and you know what? Some it is going to be worth it. He has been the most valuable receiver in the NFL for arguably three, four years. So I think he probably deserves it more than than anybody. Um, back to the Cardinals. Last note, I'll say, uh, well, I was talking, I'm starting to talk about their defense and how I think it can improve. Isaiah Simmons, eighth overall pick, uh, linebacker with air quotes for those not watching on YouTube. He really just plays whatever the heck he wants out of Clemson. I think is going to be the best player out of this draft. Yeah. Possibly at any position, let alone defensive player. He is a monstrosity. And I think that he could single-handedly change the tone of this defense and make them a legitimate team, which it's going to take a lot because they were awful last year. But if they just get to the midway point and then that offense is as good as it can be, given the, the players and the scheme, we're talking about a team that can win a division, even one this tough. So I'm going to take them. It, listen, it's going to be a tie record. And it's going to come down to tiebreakers. No question. But I'm taking the Cardinals. Who you got? Um, There's a banner behind you that that would be certainly hinting at a certain team. Yeah. And listen, I'm, I'm going to go that direction, but for legitimate reasons. So okay, last, okay. So there's, there's a couple things. One, um, when a team goes to the Super Bowl and has a 10-point lead in the fourth quarter and then loses by double digits, um, that that sucks. Um, we've, we've seen heartbreaking Super Bowl losses result in some serious hangover from multiple years recently, all uh, Atlanta. And yep. this was... They missed the playoffs the next year. No, they, they might have made it, but as a wild card. I don't think they did. I think they missed, but it, either way, they were not nearly They were certainly the not as good. Were. No. Yeah, they I were the think, best team in the NFL that yep. year. And I think that San Francisco had a perfect storm last year of a defense that came absolutely out of nowhere by adding Nick Bosa, and then suddenly they were the best defense in the Like, I, I don't know how that happened. And they have some really nice pieces on that defense, to be sure. Um but I think that San Francisco takes a little bit of a step back, just kind of reeling from that Super Bowl and then not being able to get in the building to talk it out, to work on it, to 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 get the nuts and bolts together. Yeah, you have Zoom meetings and all that stuff. I get it. But I think that that might impact them pretty bad. They had a 10-point mm. lead in the fourth quarter. Jimmy Garoppolo misses potentially a ceiling touchdown deep to Emmanuel Sanders that – a good quarterback needs to make that throw in the Super Bowl, and he just missed him. Missed him long. I I I think that they take a step backwards. They're still a very good team, but I think that Seattle, who was half a yard away from being the one seed in the NFC last True. year, because Jacob Hollister got popped at the goal line and was just yes. Short, 
highly forgotten storyline. Half a yard from being the one seed in the NFC, just added Jamal Adams to the secondary. And this is a safety run defense. It is what they do. It is predicated on good safety play. You have DK Metcalf taking another step forward. You have Chris Carson Mm -hmm. coming back from injury. They didn't have any running backs down that stretch and still got dang close. Um, I think it is entirely possible that Seattle is still, because of Russell Wilson, just going to find a way to win 13 games and win this division. And it's not always going to look pretty. And as a fan, it's going to stress me out every single game because they'll be down seven at the half and they'll end up winning by 14. But it's just, I, I think that it's there. I think San Francisco takes a step back. and I think that Seattle has a chance to win this thing. Uh, for anyone wondering how good this division is, we have picked two teams and left the two teams that went to the Super Bowl the last two years. True that. And the Rams are not terrible. They, I think they'd be better this year than they were last year. Yep. Uh, yeah. This division is crazy. I don't know if it's possible to have four double-digit win teams in a single division. Like, I don't even know if the math can work out on that. Yeah. But I feel like it could happen in this division. You, have four, te- you have four teams talented enough to win double-digit games. Absolutely. It, easily. I, just, I don't know easily. if the math checks. I don't know yes, how that works. Because they have to play each other, so right. that makes it tough. <laughs> Um, if they, if all of them split the series with each other, yes, yes, <laughs> then it has to be doable. Yes, for sure. All right, that is all of our division winners. Okay, let's go. We're gonna skip most of the playoffs. Go to the conference championship games because that's all that matters. And we'll see which of these teams we just picked to win their divisions make it. Maybe a wild card team makes it. I don't know. To these conference championship games, I will start it off. Let's go AFC championship first. I am taking the Steelers. Over the Kansas City Chiefs. Wow, you think Steelers keeping are going Patrick to Mahomes Bowl, huh? from a second consecutive Super Bowl and going to the big game themselves? I told you earlier how good I thought this Steelers team was. I think they have a better defense than possibly anybody in the AFC, yeah. and an incredible offense that could arguably top three in the conference as well. Pittsburgh Steelers Super Bowl fifty-five. Wow. Yeah. Um, Who do you got? It's spicy, for sure, um, to take the Steelers over the Chiefs. I am going to also put the Steelers in that game. Um, the, the conference championship game or the Super Bowl? Conference championship game. Okay. okay. I think that Kansas City is running it back and that they're getting okay. back to the Super Bowl. Um, I think it's all there. They had, Their GM deserves a raise. For the yes. way that he navigated this offseason to get the contracts done, not only for, for Patrick Mahomes, drafting of Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, adding that yep. weapon to the team that they didn't have, and then still managing to sign Travis Kelsey and defensive tackle Chris Jones. Like, how did you manage to get all of that done? Um, incredible job keeping the band together. And remember, last year, we had Patrick Mahomes with a knee injury. True. We don't have that this year. So you have a healthier Patrick Mahomes coming in. Now, it is very, very, very difficult to go back to back in the NFL. Incredibly very. difficult to, to even like to make the Super Bowl in back to back years. But I think that their defense is underrated and got better. And I think that this offense is one of the best offenses that we've ever seen. I know people said that about the Rams a couple years ago and then it fell apart. 
but Patrick Mahomes is not Jared Goff. I think that this is a different breed of an offense. And Patrick Mahomes, I think, is still hasn't reached his ceiling, which is crazy. It's going to be fun to watch. Yeah. Uh, interesting note, actually, on that is, you know, the Rams 2018 offense, that was possibly one of the best schemed offenses ever. But yes. the talent compared to the Chiefs talent is like maybe not even close. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So that's pretty fascinating. Uh, that's an interesting point. Which, if you have a well-schemed offense and you go up against Bill Belichick in the Super Bowl, you get pooped on. If you have players that you just can't cover, it's a lot harder to beat you. Right. So there you go. Um. All right. Well, we have the same AFC uh, teams, different mm-hmm. winners. Let's go to the NFC. I am taking the Packers over... The New Orleans Saints, who yet again fall just short. I'm sure it'll be some stupid thing. I don't know if it'll be a ref or a (laughs) ball that bounces off someone's head. A fumble at the goal line. Yep. Something goofy will probably happen. They will be this close. Small fingers for those not watching on YouTube. And Drew Brees will just miss out on that Super Bowl that you want him to get. But the Packers will make it to another NFC Championship game. And this time they will win and go to the Super Bowl. What are you thinking? What is your pick? Oh, man. Um, shoot. Your Seahawks sounded mighty good. Are they making it all the way? So That's going to certainly... Everyone's going to call you a homer if you do that. They, but. Totally, they totally will. But they were 13-3 and three last year. Like, people, people forget that. Um, I am going to take... And I remember my teams out of the NFC were the Cowboys, the Packers, Tampa Bay, and the Hawks. It's funny. We both picked the Cowboys easily to win their division, but we're not mm-hmm. getting them anywhere close. No. <laughs> well, that NFC division is game. doo-doo. Yeah. I um, would take, like, three of the NFC West teams over the Cowboys, I possibly. I, I might so. also, because of the defenses. Um, so here's the thing. This might just be me looking for poetic justice. Mm. But I think okay. we might have a... Russell Wilson Tom Brady rematch. Oh, in the NFC Championship game. Ooh. Okay. And okay. I'm going, and I'm going to take Seattle to beat Tampa Bay. Of, of course NFC you are. Game. All right. That's the route. I that uh, I don't hate that. That is that is quite fun. Um, I trust they don't I have trust Marsh- Tom well, to just uh, win. I just trust Tom, now, Tom to to get there. But in this scenario, do they or do they not sign Marshawn Lynch right before the playoffs you and then run to. him in for the game-winning you touchdown? Have to <laughs> at the end of the game. <laughs> they just they have oh. to do that so bad. But the thing is, um, I think that Tom can carry Tampa Bay quite a ways. I'm concerned yes. that they don't have the defense to necessarily get it done. Like if I have Russell Wilson going up against the Tampa Bay secondary. I, I like those odds of him being able okay. to, to get that game done. So listen, the NFC is so ridiculously deep. Um, it is. The Hawks might only be a wild card team, or they could be the division winners in the one seed and and get a nice path to, to the NFC championship game. It can go so many different ways, but um, if the Niners slip and they fall back, and I think that they will, then I think that the Hawks have one of the most well-rounded teams for this year. And then things could fall apart quickly <laughs> after that. Yes. But I think they're well-rounded for this year. Other Alrighty. than pass rush, which concerns me. We go to the Super Bowl. Uh-huh. We have to make our predictions, including MVP. 
I will I will start us off. So I have my Steelers Packers Super Bowl. That would be it fun. Is a, that would be a, so fun. A clash of legends. Yes, it is. The 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 quarterback legends, the teams are legendary. Yep. It is a very historic Super Bowl. Very. And I am going to give it sorry, Ball Blast Girls, who, by the way, shout out, we put your team, both of us put your team in the AFC Championship game. Mm-hmm. Uh, big Steelers fans, if you listeners don't know, uh, the Ball Blast Girls, our partners at ballblastfootball.com. Shout out to the website as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, Check it but out. Lots of they unfortunately fall just short to Revenge Tour Aaron Rodgers, who wins himself another Super Bowl. You wanted Breeze to get another one. I want him to get it too, but he, when it's between him and Rodgers, he's just going to manage to choke because that's always what happens. It's not even his fault. Someone else chokes. The team, yeah. Uh, the defense, yes, or the refs. Um, Jeez, three years he in mi- a row. He Minnes- just missed Minnesota it. Minnesota Miracle. Yep. He botched PTI call, and then last year, again against Minnesota with yep. uh, Kyle Rudolph in the, in the end zone. Yep, yep. Oh. Um, but the Packers win it. And the Super Bowl MVP is Aaron Rodgers, no question. So, despite the fact that I don't really like him uh, as a person, I think he's going to win the Super Bowl. To be fair, he has handled this offseason incredibly well. That's true. He's handled it very, That's very because well. he, his PR person has said, you're going to need a two, new team in two years, so you're going to want to start cleaning shut, up that shut uh, image. Hole. Shut your pie hole. Yes. Um, he, I think he's done a great job. He's done a lot of interviews. Um, he's been on with Kyle Brandt, I feel like, about a thousand times. And um, really well done. I think that he's done a great job the way that he's handling it. Okay, so I picked my Seattle Seahawks uh, to make mm-hmm. the Super Bowl going against the Kansas City Chiefs. Indeed. I think that the Chiefs are going to repeat. Woo-wee! I don't think that Seattle has the, the firepower or the pass rush wow. to make a difference against Patrick Mahomes. And if I've got Pat Mahomes, Tyreek Hill, CEH, Travis Kelsey going against Jamal Adams, fantastic. But then the rest of the, the corners, the corners concern me. You got Bobby Wagner and Jamal Adams is great, but the corners really concern me. Um, that team right now is just – the Chiefs are just humming on all cylinders. Patrick Mahomes is an ascending – I mean, not even superstar at this point. He's already the superstar of the league. He's on pace to be an all-timer. And if he can continue to do what he's been doing, he has a trajectory in front of him to be one of the greatest quarterbacks of all time. Uh uh, the repeat has not been done since 03. No, yes, 0304 Patriots. Patriots. Yep. Mahomes around the same age that a young Tom Brady was when he did that. So if he wants to submit his status as future GOAT, this yeah. would be a good move. Um, listen, this is not a crazy call. Despite how crazy it is to say that a team will win back to back because it almost never happens. And it's it's I feel like every year we would probably say well, every year we say it's really hard, but this team, this team is special. Nah, but they didn't lose people. Like, that's the thing. Most of the yes, time when a team but that, wins the exactly. Super Bowl, there's an exodus because people yes. won the Super Bowl and now they're going to go get money from other people because they're and like, I got most, my ring and I'm out. Most Super Bowl winning teams do not have the best quarterback, not only in the NFL right now, but arguably in the NFL over the last decade or so. Uh, along with the best offensive weaponry in the NFL right now. Yeah. Arguably in the last decade. Yeah. So, yeah, it's uh, it's fair. I'm assuming Mahomes gets the MVP. Oh, yeah. 
All right. It's got to be, right? It's always the quarterback. Like, yes. Even though, much. even though, uh, unless it's Julian Edelman. Right. Even, well, that catch was insane. Um, even though Damian Williams, quite frankly, could have and should have potentially won that because yes. Pat didn't have his best game. Um, no. it always goes to the quarterback, like as a de facto. If I have to go non quarterback, um, to win the Super Bowl MVP, then Travis I, Kelsey with three touchdowns. It's going to be Chris Jones with like four sacks and two forces. Ooh, okay, okay. I could see that. That's where I go. Or Teron Mathieu right. if he gets like two picks. I could see something like that happening as well. All right. Uh, from Super Bowl MVP, let's go to NFL MVP. We've now finished all of our game predictions. We have our Super Bowl winners. NFL MVP, uh, reigning champion is Lamar Jackson. Mm-hmm. The guy before him was the guy we were just talking about, Patrick Mahomes. Also, as a side note, the 2017 MVP, Tom Brady, won the Super Bowl in 2018. The 2018 MVP, Patrick Mahomes, won the Super Bowl in 2019. Lamar Jackson. Uh, <laughs> yeah. He's <laughs> not going to win his own division. Sorry, Lamar. Sorry. Um, I am going to do... Uh, listen, you wanted to get Drew Brees his second Super Bowl. Sure. I want to get the man a yeah. gosh darn Seriously. MVP trophy. Preach on it. It is one of the most shameful things in all of history, except for one other player who I am almost positive will be your pick. That Drew Brees has not won an MVP. I think that with a Emmanuel Sanders, yes, that's right. Emmanuel Sanders is the key to him finally winning an MVP trophy. A second wide receiver to finally gel with Michael Thomas and give him an extra weapon, plus Alvin Kamara, full season. I think Drew Brees is going to make a last hurrah year. He gets to the NFC Championship game, and my predictions unfortunately just loses. But I think he gets there on like a 14-2 and season where he is the most efficient and most protective of the football and also still produces good numbers, quarterbacks in the entire NFL, and he finally gets his MVP award. I would love it. I want all good things for Drew Brees. Give him the MVP. Give him a Super Bowl ring this year. Like, let it all come to fruition so he can be like, okay, it's closure. I can can walk off. Into the if I just had to, yes, if I just had to pick a storyline, it might be Drew Brees oh, MVP yeah. and Super Bowl winner. That would be great. That'd be a great storyline. Like I want to see yes. it. Fantastic. A lot of times we we don't see the legends of the game get to go out on top like that. It would be fantastic to see Drew Brees do that. Um, yeah. The only thing potentially more shameful than him not having a MVP is Russell Wilson not having an MVP vote. Mm. Not a one. How? How what? does this happen? If you take him out of the Seahawks, they're three and thirteen. Like there, there's arguably no- the actual MVP. If you just go by the definition yes. of those three words yeah. for like the last six years straight, yes. Let alone any of those years getting a single vote. I, I Baker Mayfield got votes. Baker Mayfield has received MVP votes in the NFL, not rookie Shame. of the year, MVP votes in the NFL. And Shame. Russell freaking Wilson, Mr. Unlimited, has Unlimited. not <laughs> has not received a single vote. I, I don't get it. So based on if everything goes right for the Seahawks, like I said that they are, where they're the NFC representative, in my opinion, this happens 
because they finally let Russ cook and they finally mm. let him start throwing in the first half instead of running it and then being like, okay, save us and make a comeback. He was a very, very strong MVP candidate last year, other than the fact that Lamar Jackson broke records when it came to rushing as a quarterback. Like, yes, it, like if you're going to not be the MVP to, to kind of lose the MVP quote unquote to something like that, you've got to be like, I don't really know what else I could have done. Like I get it. Like it, that, that makes sense. But people were talking about him as being an MVP front runner in the first half of last year. And that was before DK Metcalf was DK Metcalf. And now he's really coming on and, and ascending big time. Um, man, I would love to see it. I, I, I think the guy deserves it. He is the most valuable player in the NFL to his franchise. Um, And I think that this year they let him kind of turn it loose a little bit more. And we see um, some more stats, which really is kind of what it comes down to for, for MVP voting. Um, We see him really kind of crank it up and maybe set a, a career high in touchdowns. I like the pick. We both picked great guys who deserve to win one. Well, when I say great guys, I mean great football players. I don't know about Russell Wilson. He's a bit of a cheese ball. But... Hey, stop it. <laughs> um, all right. Uh, last award, and then we will go to our fantasy bold prediction and close out the show, is Offensive Rookie of the Year. We only care about the Offensive Rookie of the Year because we're a fantasy show, let's be honest. Right. Um, and, uh, I would go first, but it would be silly to hold your choice for any kind of suspense because every person who listens to this podcast knows who it is. So why don't you go first? Um, I'm actually not going to say that. No. Yeah. I'm not going to. How could you? He's the one-on-one in your heart. Well, he is. But the thing is I've, I've done enough like chalk and brand for for one podcast with Seahawks. Okay, stuff. okay. So, All right, the Seahawks Super Bowl <laughs> means yeah. you have to go away from Jonathan I gotta, Taylor. I like I gotta this. get away from JT. Compromise. I gotta compromise. But also because running it's tough for running backs to win this. It, it's it's not something that running backs typically win. Um Josh Jacobs had a very, very strong rookie season last year and it went to Kyler, who didn't even have a great record as a quarterback. So it's kind of like the MVP of the Super Bowl. It's almost a quarterback award. So if it's going to be a quarterback award, I'm going to give it to Joe Burrow. I think Ooh. that Burrow could come in and potentially break the uh, rookie touchdown record in his rookie that season. That could happen. And if he does that, he's a lock. He's a lock. It's an absolute lock that he's offensive rookie of the year in that case. So as long as he doesn't just completely fall on his face, I think that Joe Burrow has a really good chance at being the offensive rookie of the year. Well, I was about to be disappointed because I thought you were going to steal my pick and I just wanted you to stay chalk and go Jonathan Taylor. (laughs) But you picked the other quarterback who I did consider strongly. However, based off what I said earlier in the show, a whole hour ago, if you guys remember, about the Miami Dolphins, mm-hmm. I'm going to take Tua Tungavailoa. I think that he is looking like he could be healthy enough to start 12-plus games, maybe. And I think that may be all he needs to show that he is the best quarterback in this draft class and arguably one of the best in recent memory. Um, I, I, we've talked about how much we love him as a prospect. I think he can be amazing. I like his offensive pass-catching weapons. I'm going to take Tua, but... 
both of those picks are solid and a running back. It's a little bit less of a quarterback award than the, the Super Bowl or than any MVP. So it could be a running back. It could be Jonathan Taylor. It could even be Cam Akers if he starts the whole season. Who knows? Could be J.K. Dobbins if Mark Ingram goes down and he runs that offense. Sure. That would be fun. Um, But I like it. Mm-hmm. Burrow and Tua. All right. That is it for our real NFL predictions. We do have a fantasy bold prediction each. We do. Which we will close out the show with. Do you want to go first or do you want me to go first? Um, I will go first. Um, All right. I am me. going to go. Every year we, we love breakout tight ends. They're super fun. Um, we love those guys that you stashed early and pop onto the scene and and have a, a big old coming out party. Um, I think that there is a new tight end to crack into the top six. And I think that that tight end is one Mr. Johnny Smith from Tennessee. Mm. This guy is a physical specimen. Okay. Um, I mean, between him, AJ Brown and Derrick Henry, they might be the most like wow. yoked offensive <laughs> squad in the entire NFL. Um, dude is an absolute beast. He showed some really great flashes last year. Um, really started to kind of come on a little bit when, when Tannehill really got under center and started kind of getting acclimated. So now I think uh, second year with, with that quarterback and him progressing um, and no Delaney Walker anymore. It is, it is his job um, in this offense. Um, and really quite frankly, it's AJ Brown and I'm, I'm sorry, Corey Davis, but Johnny Smith, huh. I think is the second best receiving option on this team. So I think that he is going to be a featured asset in this offense. I think he's going to see a lot of red zone work other than Derrick Henry, just pounding it in. But I think that he has a really good chance of cracking the top six, maybe even higher than that. Um, Not flirting with like the top, you know, three or four, but I, I think he might end up somewhere right in that range. Five, six. Top six is the uh, just above the who is this guy? Sure, I'll take him tier. Once you get into the top six, you're finally out of that tier of guys that's like 15 people long and are all the same throughout the year. So I like it. I I think that's bold enough to make it. And listen, he's got the talent and he's got the opportunity. So could come together. Uh, I'm going to go with another guy who is the second best receiving option on his team, John, but it's not a tight end, and it's also not a wide receiver. It is a running back named James White. James White (laughs) of the New England Patriots is going to be a, in PPR only, okay, let's clarify this, top eight running back. Yeah, 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 yeah. In half PPR, he's probably still a running back one, but in full PPR, he is a straight top eight running back. Listen, this sounds insane, right? He, he's getting drafted as like RB30, maybe? Yeah, he's right around there. Later, sometimes? Yeah. Two years ago, John, he finished as the RB7 yes, in PPR. He did. Yes, he did. 123 targets, 87 catches, 751 receiving yards and seven touchdowns. That's his receiving stats. Plus, he added rushing stats, 425 and five on the ground. That is absolutely monstrous. And the 2018 Patriots still had pass-catching weapons not named Julian Edelman. Mm -hmm. The 2020 Patriots do not. They have Julian Edelman, and that is it. They just released Mohamed Sanu. I don't know. Terrible. That was a hot mess. What a hot mess of a situation that was. 
give up a uh, second. But that means that it is that it, it is literally Edelman and Sanu and a bunch of hopeful maybe they can be guys guys. You mean it's Edelman that and I don't Nikhil most Perry. of whom I don't. Yeah. Because they released. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I'd like to kill Harry, but. He's certainly not going to be the number two in targets. Uh, maybe he gets the number two in touchdowns. But James White is going to be the number two on this team in targets, and I could easily see it being another 120-target season. But where the where the real kicker is here, John, is that I think he's going to have his first season of 100-plus carries because of what we talked about earlier. The running back situation is a mess. Yep. Damian Harris starting season IR. Sony is hurt and has been inefficient. Almost every time James White touches the ball, he's doing something good. He's like the best third down rushing running back in the NFL, besides being an incredible receiving threat. And we talked about how Cam Newton's going to be a red zone threat, a specifically goal line threat. You know who else is going to be a goal line threat is the guy who, when everybody is watching out for Cam and what he's going to do, and then double covering Edelman because he's the only other guy that can catch the ball, is going to run a little swing route catch the dump off and run it into the corner of the end zone right. like seven times this season. And that's James White. So in PPR, because he's going to need it for those catches, mm-hmm. James White is a top eight running back. No, I don't hate it. We've already seen him do it. Like this is not crazy far-fetched at all. Um, I think Betts tweeted just the other day that he thinks James White's going to be top 12. Um, I've been on record absolutely saying that I think that he's safe for top 15. Um, so yeah, I, I mean, I think that this is well within the realm of possibility. His quarterback featured one Mr. Christian McCaffrey a couple of years ago, and Christian McCaffrey seemed mm. to do just fine. So I don't think that uh, Cam's just going to ignore his his check down. His, his, Cam is not a throw-it-deep often quarterback. He doesn't have the no. accuracy for that. So give him the safe targets, draw it up for James White, out of the backfield, into the flat, wherever – Get get him the ball in space. Let him go to work. I, I think that that's what this offense is going to be doing a lot of. Um, yeah, I think 120 targets is completely safe. And I agree with you because of the mess at the running back position that they seem to find themselves in. Um, kind of shocked that they didn't really do anything about that. But mm. maybe it's because they like James White so much. I don't know. <laughs> but the mess that they're in there in the backfield yeah, he's going to see an uptick in carries, and it doesn't have to be a whole lot. But um, if he becomes one of their go-to threats, especially in the red zone, and we see a career high in touchdowns, um, yeah, James White is, even if he's not where you say he's going to finish already, he's a screaming value and everyone needs to have him. No question. Arguably the most locked to be a value of any player, I feel like, in drafts. Like, there's a bunch of other guys we like as values. Terry McLaurin's certainly in the conversation. But, like, that's, there's some question marks still. Like, Terry McLaurin could have a sophomore slump. Yeah, quarterback, what's he going to do? James White is James White. He is going to do his thing. We know it. So, the value is insane. Um, Also, despite the fact that we're over an hour and 10 minutes, sorry, John, uh, bets. We uh, promised Betts to give his bull prediction on the podcast. So Betts says, and I don't even think it's bold enough, so I'm tempted to change it and up the or make the number smaller. I don't know how to say that. But he says Tyler Lockett will finish as a top 10 wide receiver. He was the wide receiver 14 last year, so this doesn't feel that hot. I'm going to maybe make him say top 8. I'm just going to say that's what he said. Sure. Guys, Betts said top 8. Um, <laughs> listen, with your Russell Wilson MVP... Yeah. 
and finally letting him cook. Yeah. This could absolutely make sense. And we, you know, we'd like to talk about the the rise of DK Metcalf. Maybe having a very solid threat on the opposite side of the field actually opens things up even more for Tyler Lockett, who doesn't really need a ton of targets to be very productive as a fantasy no, asset super because he's efficient. literally the most efficient wide receiver in the NFL. So I like it. I, I'm sure you don't have any objections as a Seahawks fan. Yeah, um, I I don't. And it's all going to be predicated on the number of pass attempts that Russell Wilson has. That That's mm. that's literally... Let him cook. Let him freaking cook, Schottenheimer. Um, it's literally the only thing holding DK Metcalf and Tyler Lockett back from being considered like Cooper Cup, Robert Woods. I was literally just like, going to finish your sentence by saying those two names. Yeah. And then you just said yeah, it too fast. Yeah, that's... That's what it is, and it's all just predicated on passing attempts. Um, yep. If they just let him open it up, and he's, you know, has fifty more pass attempts than he did last season, which you know, fifteen divided by or fifty divided by sixteen is is not very much. That's only like a little bit more action in the, in the first half. Two and a half ish. Yeah. If they let him do that, the efficiency of Tyler Lockett and their chemistry and his like damn near perfect passer rating when targeted from Russell Wilson. By the way, Tyler Lockett is really good in the red zone, and you would not expect that out of that guy. But he is a great touchdown weapon as well. Um, If they let Russ open it up, then yeah, I I think it's there. And he doesn't need 120 catches to do this. If he has 90, if he has 90 catches, that means Tyler Lockett had a fantastic fantasy season. If he has... 70 and 10 to 12 touchdowns which he has done before he could even do this so yeah i like it uh no uh no disagreement here we are all on board there you go okay that is the predictions podcast the insane (laughs) what are we doing awake at the sour podcast thank you for staying with us if you're still listening red shirts listeners i don't know why i'm awake um me neither i'm now going to go and edit this podcast oh gosh now or so Uh, we love you all as evidenced by this podcast. Mm-hmm. I hope that you will join us for a, a season of oh, yeah. dynasty podcast coverage, which is going to be interesting and new for us. We will be bringing you, uh, trade targets. We will bring you, uh, stash targets. Mm-hmm. We will be bringing you weekly predictions, even though we're a dynasty podcast, because you know what? We still play weekly fantasy football, and we love to do it. Also, check out the Ball Blast podcast, Ball Blast Fantasy, the redraft podcast, focused redraft focused podcast that Michelle and Kate Majuk run. Also, even though they're not under our network, check out the Fantasy Footballers DFS Mm -hmm. podcast because Matthew Betts is a co-host, and it is a great DFS podcast, and you can go play some DFS and win some money. Also, check out the website, ballblastfootball.com, because... There's a lot of good advice going up there. Weekly articles are going to be flowing. Seriously, I think we're and, I think we're at like 14 reoccurring oh, weekly columns. Like so much content. It's it's going to oh, be phenomenal. Um I yeah. I don't know if you guys are aware but there is only 7 days in a week, so that is at least two articles a day. Yeah, lots of days with I'm three sure because the checks out you know on, on the weekend we're not going to be publishing a whole bunch. So in week, Monday through Friday, just content consume it i love it uh hey, and if you're not in the patreon get in the patreon football's tomorrow man stuff there oh my actually football's today no it's wednesday now buddy. yes no it's wednesday <laughs> no. 
<sighs> get some sleep. Listen, man. Get some yeah. sleep. Yep. 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 Football is tomorrow. Football is tomorrow. Unless you live in Hawaii. Uh, Except by the time this releases, football will be in tomorrow. We're going to close the podcast out now. <laughs> uh, <laughs> thank you all for listening. And until next time, we are the Red Shirts. Thanks for tuning in to this episode of the Red Shirts Dynasty Podcast. Hit us up on Twitter at RedShirtsFFPod. And check out BallBlastFootball.com for all things fantasy football.